It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Thomas Works. He's the director of Varsity Catholic, a division of the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. He's been on the show before, always has a lot of good things to say. We've had a number of varsity Catholic missionaries on this program, athletes who have been affected uh, in a positive way by varsity Catholic. We'll also talk about some issues of affecting the sports world, uh, Joe Biden's executive order on transgender students, which affects athletes as well. Also, the virus cutting down a lot of sports programs in cities, schools, kids not... Uh, certainly honing their athletic skills and also their social integration as well. We'll talk about it all and bring this into a spiritual discussion with my guest, Thomas Wirtz. Thomas, welcome to Blessed to Play. Ron, always great to be with you. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's been a little bit and certainly our, our world has changed within the last year, but I want to talk about specifically right now about what Varsity Catholic is doing on the college campus. I know when I have many of the athletes on who have been affected by Varsity Catholic. You're in a, many universities and colleges across the national landscape, but give us an update on the program. Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking. So Varsity Catholic, part of the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and our model is sending missionary staff to college campuses, teams of typically four, two men, two women. So Varsity Catholic is our, is our intentional outreach to the college athletes on the campus. It's an, an area on the campus that typically isn't isn't reached super effectively by the Catholics. And so we've been blessed to be in that space now since 2007. And so we have a, we have a, a the bulk of our work is, is probably present about three dozen campuses across the country and then scattered out a little less intense and another probably three to four dozen campuses. So roughly 60 to 70 campuses where we've, we're working with college athletes. And um, it's been great. It's, uh, you mentioned the virus. The virus was really crazy last spring. All the all the spring seasons got canceled or quote unquote postponed. And then in the fall, a lot of the fall sports then got postponed. And so right now we're finally seeing our athletes being able to compete, and it's bringing them life. I mean, we we have one campus in Southern California that the athletes still their coaches won't let them interact with their own teammates outside of practice, mm. but. There's still, which is completely isolating, kind of, I don't want to say crazy because I don't want to disrespect the coaches, but it, but the fact that these athletes can't do anything outside of practice, they have to go get their food and go to their, their house, how isolating that is, but they're still so excited they actually get to compete and practice. So I'm, I'm grateful that our, our young people on college campuses can finally, finally test their skills and hone it on the, on the field of play, but we're we're doing our best to be creative with these athletes, a lot of virtual stuff for those that, that can't interact. Um, and they're responding and they're, they're seeking, they're seeking something outside of their isolated life that the coronavirus has pushed them into. So. Yeah. When you go outside the norm, there's a lot of soul searching that does take place and uh, respective of these coaches and athletes, I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Talk about the recruitment process here. I find it very genuine because a number of these missionaries that uh, serve on campus, they give up their, uh, for lack of a better word, their, their the major, the occupation that they were being trained for uh, to really serve. And I, I know it's in your mission to bring 
souls to God and uh, to Christ, and, and they give that up to be a missionary. So what affects them so deeply that they're willing to take this challenge on? Well, I, I'm, great question. I, I, I'd have to say it's the gospel. It's the encounter that they had with our Lord, with our Lord and Savior, and it impacted them so greatly that they want to step back out and serve the culture that they came from. You know, with the college athletes, one of the huge, huge areas where you see is kind of a, when they, when they encounter the Lord, they start to realize, oh my goodness, I am loved no matter what I do, no matter how I accomplish or don't accomplish something on the field. Because for their whole life, they've been, they've been wrapping their sense of worth around how, how much they achieve as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And they're all really, really good athletes because they're playing in college. And so for all their life, the pats on the back, the awards, their names in the papers, all this stuff. And when you finally have this encounter with Christ and you realize, I am loved because I'm his son and I'm his daughter, the liberation, the freedom, the, the weight that just gets thrown off your shoulders, you, you understand now who you are. And that motivates you, right? That moves you to say, my goodness, I want others to encounter our Lord and to experience the freedom that he offers us. And so it's, it's such a blessing to watch these young, young adults encounter the Lord give their life, surrender to him and say, I want to go back and do something kind of radical in our culture and be a missionary and raise my salary and go out and talk to people about, about Jesus. And sometimes they don't want to hear it, but, but we're out there doing our best to, to build relationships with these, these college athletes and, and just walk with them. So I, I think it's the encounter was so profound for them that they can't, they can't do anything else but, but give back and help others have that same encounter. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know speaking for myself, and when you play at the collegiate level, everything revolves around your athletic ability, whether good or bad, (laughs) when you get feedback from the coaches especially. But this identity crisis, it could uh, form in you where you just solely derive your self-worth between how you're playing your respective sport could get a little bit dangerous in life. But I, I think when you have your identity in God and realize that this is a much broader understanding of oneself... Uh, for me personally, it takes the pressure off to a certain degree. You're able to play more free because at the end of the day, your athletic ability should not define you. It could be important in your life. Work hard. You could derive a lot of benefits from it, uh, a lot of confidence. But certainly at the end of the day, you don't want to take all your self-worth about uh, being an athlete. Blessed to play Ron Meyer, joined today by Thomas Wirtz, good friend of the program. He's a director of Varsity Catholic, a, a division of Focus. And let's talk about a little bit about competing inside. I know you wrote a book on this very topic, and there's such a, uh, a, dich- a dichotomy between competing uh, the right way and maintaining all these Christian principles, virtue, if you will. It's really a tough battle, don't you think, on the field of play? Yeah, it is, and especially when you know there's not instruction to how to do this. You know, and I think again, we grow up in an environment that has unfortunately become at an earlier and earlier in age a very utilitarian environment right we we want to go out and win the coaches want to win we're going to play you if you help us win Mm -hmm. and we've lost the holistic sense of what sport actually should be doing now i'm not talking about the professional level or even the high collegiate levels but at the youth level it's not supposed to be win lose and that's the point it's supposed to be a formative process that yes you seek to win because you seek to be excellent in your sport but that's not the main purpose. The main purpose is the formation process. And when we forget to guide people in this, then we get skewed. The, the older we get, the higher we get at the levels in sport. And we've, we've just, we've created a foundation that's built on sand. 
And so, yeah, Compete Inside was meant to help help athletes kind of reflect how does their faith weave in? Because I what I what I don't what I don't want to see and what I don't love seeing and what happened in my Catholic high school is you'll say a prayer before a game, maybe you say a prayer after a game, maybe you have a game day mass, but there's no actual integration of how does one actually perceive the Christian life and their sport, right? So I don't you know it's 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 great if we pray we should pray, but it if that's all we do, it becomes just kind of like a side dish and the main course is still just the competition. I have no idea. I'm no different in how I perceive my sport than anyone else that isn't even a Christian. And I, and yeah, so I, we can keep going. I don't want to go on a tangent too long, but I think it's, yeah, like how do we integrate our faith into our sport? And I think the, the greatest answer I've heard, a buddy of mine out at Mount St. Mary's, Coach Jay Phillips, talks about how it's, it's a vocational calling. Right, the Lord has desired you, willed you to be an athlete, and therefore He wants every experience that you have as an athlete to transform you into the saint He calls you to be. It's just the same as you and I in our work, mm-hmm. everything, or in our vocation, our life at home, whatever it is. Every little issue, every big issue, is the Lord allowing our sanctification through that issue. And if we can see sport as this holistic opportunity where God is chiseling me to be a saint, then it changes everything. It changes our motivation. It changes our outlook. It changes how we suffer through sport and how we celebrate sport. Yeah, and just to be clear, uh, Varsity Catholic is on secular institutions, so that you're dealing with uh, coaches of uh, you know many different sports. And you're, what you're telling me is you're finding out they see value in a athlete who has a religious identity. Yeah, no, they do, because they understand if it's something important in their life, um, it, it helps them be more successful off the field, right? Because these, they see, and you, a lot of college athletes, they, they come out with some serious mental struggles, not, maybe not to the degree of diagnosed professionally, but there's perfectionist issues, there's anxiety issues. Mm -hmm. And so they understand like whatever we can do to support our athletes, A, hopefully they're not going to transfer to another program. B, hopefully when they walk off the field, they're getting the support they need to actually thrive in life, which is very important for these coaches because they know if an athlete's not thriving in life, it's probably going to translate to them on the field. And so, maybe, maybe, you know, it, it, it's, it's very practical in some senses, but also some of these coaches, they really do care about their players and they really do have an affection and want them to succeed and they recognize this is an important thing for a lot of, a lot of their lives and so we want to support and encourage it. Blessed to play Ron Meyer once again chatting with Thomas Wirtz. He's the director of Varsity Catholic, a division of the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Uh, how many campuses are we on right now? For focus, I think we're up, at, up in the 180 range, and that includes, I think, a handful over in Europe. So it's great. We're getting there. There's still a lot more to go, but God is, God is good, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be another handful or so added on in the fall, even in the midst of COVID-19 and some campuses not knowing. And last year, they didn't know if they were going to have campus or, excuse me, in-person classes or not. And so so we're very grateful for all the chaplains that were able to serve and all the, the bishops in, in the different dioceses and, and for them them still believing in, in, in the service we can provide to them. So, yeah, I think we're at about 180. Yeah, that's that's great. And you could correct me if I'm wrong, but before the Division of Varsity Catholic, I don't think there was any organized effort to reach out to athletes on the college campus from a Catholic perspective. No, that's correct. No, nothing that I knew, not, not nationally, systematically. You had pockets, maybe a, a priest at a Newman Center that really had a heart for it or, or something like that, but not, no kind of national outreach. And so it's, it's been fun to, 
to rub elbows with the FCAs, you know, that are out there, been doing this since the 50s and 60s and Athletes in Action, these massive evangelical organizations that are worldwide. And, and just to be able to have, A, the, the ecumenical dialogues, you know, about Catholicism to help them understand, hey, we believe that Jesus is Lord as well. We're Christians. Um, and then just to be able to, to step in next to them and serve I mean, we serve a lot of non-Catholics, probably 30-some percent of our Bible study participants aren't even Catholic, but then in a unique way, obviously, go, go deep with the Catholic athletes in ways that maybe they, in the past, haven't been able to because of their schedule, because of their life, or just because they, they didn't have the time to walk over to the Newman Center. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about some divisive issues facing youth sports and the athletic world at large. My guest today is Thomas Wirtz, Director of Varsity Catholic. Blessed to play. You'll be right back after this. EWTN uses the power of radio to reach people whenever and wherever they're searching for answers to questions about their Catholic faith. EWTN Radio is heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. For a complete list of programs and how to hear EWTN Radio, visit EWTN.com and click Radio. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Your favorite EWTN Radio programs are all over social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, And they're available right now, on demand, day or night. Remember, EWTN is everywhere. No one does Catholic radio, EWTN News in-depth. Scripture and tradition. The Sunrise Morning Show. Like EWTN. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Thomas Wirtz, Director of Varsity Catholic Division of Focus. Uh, does some great work there based in Denver, Colorado, and uh, reaching out to collegiate athletes on many campuses throughout the country, spiritually nourishing them. Uh, a number of them go on to serve for Varsity Catholic, and uh, a number of them have been guests right on this show, and we've been blessed by their presence, certainly. And Thomas, let's talk about some... Uh, hot-button issues, if you will, that have been affecting or can affect the sports world. And uh, Joe Biden uh, signed an executive order on his first day in office. Pretty much, I guess it was framed as preventing and combating discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. And uh, this trickles down to the athletic world with Title IX and a number of transgender athletes, uh, mostly male, that are competing in a women's field. And obviously, the body structure is the same. The physicality is the same. There's been talk about the hormone replacement, how much of that is going on that makes them actually, in their eyes, a a female. But uh, this is really uh, an unfair playing field, if you will, for many athletes, not only at the high school level, but going into college as well. I 100% agree. It, 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 right now, it comes down to fairness. And, of course, as the executive order mentioned, we want to treat everyone with dignity and everyone with love, and that there's no question there. So just, just to be clear on that. But at the same time, 
once a body hits puberty, it's developing differently between the male body and the female body. And so like you, you mentioned, it's when, when you get high school athletes that have had multiple years of being developed in bigger bone, more dense bone structures, bigger heart and lung capacities physically, all the testosterone that has been in their body has made them a different physical specimen, even if they're suppressing hormones at the time. So right away, you're coming into an unfair battle. And it's, it's sad that for decades, right, people have been fighting for women to have fair representation, especially in sports. And worldwide, the United States is way ahead of a lot of other areas in the country in terms of the opportunity women have for sports. And Title IX has been in place to protect that. And right now, we're seeing the start of Title IX being wiped out. And I, I don't understand how we, we don't care about women being able to compete in a fair way against their peers. So, yeah, it's, it's a complete eradication of, of Title IX and, and of fairness. I have two daughters, and I want them to be able to compete in sports if they desire to as they get a little bit older. But it's just ridiculous that you would expect um, a post-pubescent person to compete against a completely opposite gendered post-pubescent person, right? Again, even if they're trying to be someone that they weren't when they were born, if that makes sense. So, yeah, fairness is gone. The justice is being eradicated, and I don't understand. Yeah, and even Martina Navratilova, the Hall of Fame great tennis player who has been a promoter of LGBTQ rights, has said that this is not a fair playing field for women. Uh, There was controversy in Connecticut over a track and field runner. This affects track and field quite a bit, and cycling and uh, a debate in Connecticut. There was a, a transgender athlete who just blew away the female field. And there was many girls who felt that, you know, all their hopes and dreams were shattered because they worked so hard, but they know they can't keep up with the physicality of the athletes, the transgender athlete that they're competing against, which brings us to the question of motivation. Is this going to demotivate female athletes if this becomes more pervasive in the United States? I would think I would think the majority of them probably, right? Because it's you know these high school girls in Connecticut, at least a few of them in the lawsuit were hoping to get opportunities to compete at the college level and get scholarships. Mm-hmm. And in these championship, the state championship meets, they got destroyed by. I think it was I think there were two two men competing as women, transgendered women, men, which however you phrase it, um, and. The, the, I don't know how the scouts perceive that and if that ruined an opportunity for her to actually compete in college. And so how, how can you not be demotivated by that? The fact that it is an unfair playing field, what is what is the advantage for you? If you love the sport and you want to pursue persist through that, and I'm sure there will be some that do, God bless them. Like, that's impressive. But for the rest of them, you can't blame them if they, if they lose a little bit of motivation knowing that um, – they're stepping out on something that they shouldn't in a field that they shouldn't have to step out into. And so, yeah, I think we need to be loud. We need to raise our voices. And even the, even the liberal feminists, the second wave feminists that are, have been calling for equality, probably not the way that we would, you and I would agree equality should be expressed, mm-hmm. but still even they're being shut, shut out of this conversation and, and being told to sit down. And so it's a very interesting cultural time that we're in, but we got to raise our voices. I think and, and call out these injustices. Yeah, and this also goes down not only to the field of play, but restrooms, locker room access. Um, you know, it, it really affects the whole culture of sports and privacy. 
and it, it really could become a disaster. But what we're talking, what is the real purpose of sports at the youth level? What is the implicit message here that it's a, it's a win at all costs, but I'll do whatever I can to get ahead and to promote me and maybe, you know, to get that gold. I mean, does this go to the Olympic level? I mean, I mean, this could really set off a firestorm amongst what an equal uh, playing field is. But I, I, I am more concerned about the formation of the young athlete. And now they have to hear about this and they might even be competing against a transgender athlete and be at an unfair advantage. What's your take on this? How should a family handle this? Should they pull their kids out of sports totally or just deal with it as it comes? Wow, that's a, that's a million dollar question. First off, I think this already did impact the Olympics. Um, I'd have to look it up and, and double check the, uh, the data, but I think the last Olympics there were some transgender athletes that competed. But I think, I, I know we're blessed out here in Colorado to have a Catholic youth sports league for, for real, real youth, youth level, right? So like the grade school youth, mm-hmm. um, which provides the proper perspective. And, but for those that don't have that opportunity that, that are at you know, the high school levels that, that are in the public school systems, I think we just, we have to keep raising our voices and, um, and do the best to fight for fairness. I mean, we have, the good news is we have, we've seen this happen where women weren't given the same opportunities and people fought for that. And we're in, in Title IX, it, it, I'm sure it's not perfect, but it at least provided equal opportunity for women to be able to compete at the collegiate level and to get the same kind of right. respect in, in gear and scholarship opportunities. So I think we can still fight. So we, we've seen it done before. So we just have to, to start raising our voices. And I'm sure there are situations where it makes sense where you have to pull your kid out of a situation. Um, there might be instances when you got to you got to stick through it and keep them in. And so I think there's all kinds of prudential decisions that we're going to have to make, but what we can't do is just sit quietly and roll over and let it, let it keep happening without fighting for what's just and what's right. Yeah. Especially on the political side, changing those laws, blessed to play Ron Meyer. Once again, chatting with Thomas Wirtz, he's the director of varsity Catholic and it is a political issue, but let's, let's be clear. There is divine truth that, uh, differentiates a man from a woman, a boy from a girl. And uh, that doesn't get really played in the discussion, the secular discussion, but we're all made in his image and likeness, but there is a big difference, isn't there? A huge difference. And it's having, being a, being a father of boys and girls, it's amazing at how young of an age you just, you see them live differently. <laughs> they their view of reality, the way they want to move and run and play and do different things. Men and women are different. And thank God the Lord, the Lord tells us that men and women are complement. There's a complementarity to the different sexes. And it, it's shown in the biology. It's shown in the way they come together in the marital embrace. And so it's a di- they're, they're different but equal in dignity. And we need to celebrate those things because it's, it's a beautiful thing. And the culture is better when women are women and men are men. And we find the harmony and the complementarity both in the home and outside the home and the culture. And so this is a very significant attack on fundamental truths that is going to eventually continue to persecute family, marriage, and our Christian faith. And our Catholic institutions are probably what's next, Ron. So I, I think yeah. it's, we've, again, we've, it's time to wake up and, and again, not, not to be too radical sounding, but we've got to fight for what's true, good, and beautiful and protect our Catholic institutions and our, and our poor children that are, that are being preyed upon and sometimes by their own parents, right? Supporting 
an eight-year-old that thinks they're a boy if they're a girl is, I think, child abuse. Call me radical, but um, <laughs> I think we, we have to protect our poor children out there that are getting confused, and and that confusion is just getting heightened by their own parents. Yeah, and unfortunately, I saw the videotape of that, of the parent uh, telling their kid they're, they're the gender that they weren't, and uh, yeah, that's very unfortunate. And I guess the danger in all this, too, we have to be on the defensive to fight for laws and and um, certainly try to win it uh, through the political system. But we need to be on the offensive as well. I mean, you brought a good message to really the true understanding on what is authentic masculinity, what is authentic femininity. And the differences complement each other. We're not in, uh, you know, we're not out to uh, be in competition with each other, but to really make this world a better place by that complementarity. And when you turn that upside down, everything gets turned upside down, even including in the sports world. Um, Thomas, we only have one minute left, but I'd like to know, uh, uh, talk about um, your conference. I know it it draws a lot of uh, many attendees during normal times. I I believe it's called Seek. How is that going? Did you have to go virtual this year? uh... Yeah, thank you, Ron. We did. So it was a few weekends ago, Super Bowl weekend, um, Seek 21 for the year, 21. It was virtual this year because there were so many unknowns, and we had to make that call just with all the different state reg, uh, regulations. But we had over 27-plus thousand registrants for the experience, and we had – I mean, it was beautiful. We had we had some of our campus teams that hosted their own small little version, you know, as the content was vir- virtually brought in, and they had hundreds of students there, and we had parishes all over the place. My parish here had groups going through it. A family across the country going through it. And so, yeah, God blessed it. And we're excited to see the fruit slowly trickle in and, and kind of see what, what comes of it over the next few months. And thankfully next year we're going to have Seek in Salt Lake City. So we'll, Lord willing, be able to have another massive in-person gathering, but still have elements of our virtual conference. So so stay tuned for, for Seek 22 in Salt Lake City. And, and for those of you that can't travel, there's still probably be an opportunity for you to check in the amazing talk. Yeah, if you can make it out to Salt Lake City, uh, please do that. I know a lot of lives have been changed by attending that conference. Well, Thomas Wirtz has been our guest, director of Varsity Catholic, doing some great work there for the organization in Colorado, but also trickling down to the college campuses. Thomas, thanks so much for the discussion. And, uh, you know, touching on those issues that are going to affect the sports world for sure, but also a lot of hope that is going on through promoting the gospel through Varsity Catholic. Certainly appreciate you having you on today. Amen, brother. Thanks for all you do, Ron. Good being with you. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter as well. For Thomas Wirtz, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.